everybody. Welcome in to the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. I teased it a little bit in the title, and we're going to talk about that in a minute or two. But first, got to give a plug to Underdog. Got to be talking about them ASAP in the show because they are giving you free money when you use promo code TRIPLE. Just like Bobby Witt will lead the MLB in this year. Use that, and they'll give you a match up to 100 bucks. But no D-Menzi tonight. You'll listen to me, Doc, hosting. But I got the rest of the normal crew, including, to my right, Little Cheesecake, a.k.a. the LC. What's going on? Trying to type in on the private chat. <laughs> the guys, um, not much going on, man. Uh, it's it's in the middle of TGFBI season, of course. Got my my juices flowing for 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 drafting teams. I'm in I'm in the range of these pitchers right now in my draft, so I, I, I'm pumped for tonight's show. I'm hoping I get a pick uh, during the show tonight. You're saying in the range right now are Luis Castillo, Garrett Cole, and Spencer Strider. Oh, uh, not those, not those three. We're past that. Thank thank God. We've, I mean, we've gotten we, past we, that spot. We will talk about them because there's going to be other drafts. But the the handsome fellow to the bottom of us with the nice smile that's the Marty Party, A.K. Marty Tallman. What's going on, sir? Hey man, um, yeah! Shout out to uh, D Mendy, who's in the slowest draft in TGFBI so far this year. <laughs> that's a, it's always fun to like to think your draft is last, and then you realize there's another draft that's 30 picks behind. Uh, but I'm doing great. Yeah, TGFBI is going on. I did Potapalooza over the weekend, and so did Art. I'm doing a um, a mock draft part of the Athletic here on Thursday. I, dude, it's, it's all baseball right now. It's great. Oh, my gosh, Marty, I can just feel the passion in your voice. And all of us have it. And it's funny, I was texting David today, and I said, man, my draft is going so slow. He said, what round are you? And I said, the fourth. He's like, dude, we're still in the third. Mine is the slowest draft. (laughs) So to your point, you never know who it is. But, I mean, guys, we're about, you know, as recording this on Tuesday night, round four, round five. How are your drafts going? Uh, I think my draft is going pretty well. I've had six picks so far, so I think we're in the seventh, yeah, seventh round now. I'm coming up in a few picks right now. Yeah, three picks I'm up. And uh, I, I feel like I've built a good base of hitting. I have Castillo and as my top pitcher and Emmanuel Classe as my top closer. But other than those two, I have four hitters, Turner, Altuve, Schwarber, and Yelich. I feel like i got a good base for my team right now and uh, excited for the next couple picks. I've been, uh, I've been eyeing this spot for, you know, 20, 20 picks and I'm, and I'm anxious to make my, my selection. Marty, let me ask you, have these position previews helped you draft or had you done enough where you kind of felt like you knew the directions you wanted to go? That's a good question. It's definitely a combination of both because when you're doing your early drafts, you're seeing what the, um, you know, what the market sets, right? And as you go through all the stats from last year and you really deep dive, which is these uh, positional previews allows us to do lots of, allows us to spend a lot of time on one certain section of fantasy baseball. So um, it's a, it's a perfect one, two punch. And now going into like, this is really, really draft season. I don't feel over-prepared, but I have a good idea of how the draft will probably shake out, which helps me be able to take, I don't know, like I, so my TGFBI right now, I have Will Smith as my catcher, Bellinger, Betts, Raphael Devers. Nothing too sexy there, but that's just vets. They're going to play a ton, hit your home runs, get some stolen bases. 
And then I have Luis Castillo and Logan Gilbert, two guys I have absolutely everywhere. And I'm probably going to go closer next as we I'm two picks away in the seventh round. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely been a combination of both, but nothing can truly fully prepare you for draft season. I agree. And I think when we have these position previews, I make a note at which positions are deep. We were talking about our, you know, I'm in the round five. Am I going to draft Paul Goldschmidt? And then I go back to our first base preview. And once again, this is an opinion thing, but I think the consensus was that this is a deeper position that you can wait and then maybe attack your first base and corner infield in the later rounds. Uh, And, you know, some of the positions that are a little bit more shallow, we talk about outfield, we talk about uh, third base that you might want to get those positions early. Yeah, it's, for me, I, I, I flirt with both ideas of, of, of doing that, but also at the same time, take the best player. For your first five to ten rounds, I'm taking the best player, especially we talked about there's fab. So if you don't get a closer, don't kill yourself. Like This isn't a DC 50 where you're never going to be able to pick up somebody. There's going to be injuries. There are five or six bullpens that are completely fluid. You don't know who's going to come out after spring training. So um, keep that in mind that as you're doing the draft, still go for, for your guys. Um, but scarcity won't hit me until probably the 10th round. That's when I'll start really thinking about it. LC, before we pivot to starting pitcher talk, anything you want to add? No, I, I was just looking at my, uh, my draft options. So I actually, I'm kind of off in draft land already by now. So he can't even pay attention to the current podcast because he's so ingrained in draft land, but fellas, we're talking about pitching today and, you know, us being in round five, round six, there have been all the aces and probably the top 10 go. But, you know, I think it's important to talk about for future drafts and just guys that we might think were appro- were priced appropriately and then ones that we're probably not getting any shares of. So, Elsie, I'm going to go back to you and give me a pitcher, a starting pitcher in the top 10 that you like at his draft price and why. Well, I was uh, talking to you guys earlier this week. I really think Luis Castillo is my favorite um, ace to grab at the top of a draft. I've gotten him in three of my teams already. I think he has a really safe floor. I think he has a lot of protection from the field he pitches on at. And um, and I think that, you know, there's, there's a great staff there as well. I think there's a lot of competition. I think they're all going to bring out the best of each other, and he's the best of that staff. I, I look to him to get over 200 Ks to keep his whip down. I, I mean, I, I see some projections that say his whip is going to go back up above 1.2, but he brought it down to 1.1. And if he keeps it down, he's going to be an, an ace year again for him. Um, he's my favorite ace to get because he's going, he's kind of going as the sixth right now, but I, I put him at probably four. So I think he's a nice, he's a nice pick where he's going. Marty, Luis Castillo is your guy as well, right? Yeah, he's my guy. I can also talk about George Kirby, and this will play on a larger factor here. I absolutely love the ballpark they're in. It's the uh, playing in Seattle. It's very friendly, not only in just the how big the ballpark is and how the ball travels, but and this is something I'm starting to incorporate more into um, in a small way, but looking at park factors, specifically looking at strikeouts. So outside of Tampa Bay, which is almost impossible to see because of the terrible lighting and just – and overall, not the best ballpark um, when it comes, which you've been to. Um, but yeah, which you can, yeah, you probably can attest to that. But T Mobile Park, 
it's right below that um, 110 park factor for a strikeout. So, and, and Teoscar Hernandez just talked about this as he's doing really well. So he's already seeing the ball better as a Dodger. He said it was really hard for him to pick up the ball in Seattle. So um, Luis Castillo, he is the guy who I have the most. So I'm just a little bit of a piggyback off of um, off art there. I like that. He's got his walk percentage down over the years. Everything looks great. Art, you said it all. Um, and then with, um, with Kirby, I think he's like a top five, top six guy. I have, I'd rather have him than Wheeler or Gosman. He has the best command in baseball. He's improved the slider. You know, he's got four inches of sweep and three inches of drop, you know, on, on these pitches and his velocity is still up there. Stuff's a 106, location a 110 and pitching plus 108. Health is an A grade. Jeff uh, Zimmerman does the um, the health grades. So uh, for, for my elite pitchers, it's really important to me looking at how much time they spend on the injured list. You know, how many times have they gotten arm injuries, whatever it is. And George Kirby, even though he is younger, he's, you know, he, he's good to go. Um, health wise. So, you know, I project them for close to probably 185, um, 185 innings. And then with a, a really low whip and, you know, it's probably like around 330, 340 ERA. It's going to be excellent. So I like both of those guys and Marty, I'll piggyback on your George Kirby comment, 172 strikeouts to 19 walks. I mean, his, his walk prop was over under 0.5 most games. And if it was at 1.5, you were hammering the under. I think when you talk about, too, the division, yes, they have the Rangers and they have the Astros, but they also have the Athletics and the Angels, probably two of the worst offenses that they'll see. Uh, So you factor that in for road games. I love Seattle. And, I mean, Luis Castillo was my guy as well. And, Art, I'll piggyback off a, a few things you said. 150 innings in his last five full seasons, ERA before four in all of them. He went 32 at least or at least five innings in 32 out of the 33 games. And the one he didn't was the final game of the season. Um, I look for that home run to per nine to go down. It was 1.28 last year, uh, which was the second most in his career. But you look at the previous three seasons when he was playing in Cincinnati, 0.78 home runs per nine, 0.91 and 0.64. So I think he just gave up a lot of hard contact last year. Uh, I had him almost everywhere, but I think now you have to pay up a little bit more for him than you did last year. Uh, But once again, like you said, that floor is probably one of the safest in baseball, I'd say, outside of Garrett Cole and Strider. But do you guys like any other pitchers in the top 10 that is not a Seattle Mariner? I kind of want to just just, uh, talk about how, like – Often in a draft, it's like you're thinking about getting a pitcher in one of your first two or three picks. And like you really have to plan for your first starting pitcher. I think that's an important part of my draft strategy. Um, so in the dra- in the TGFBI draft, I remember I wasn't planning on drafting Spencer Strider, but he was still there on the board when nine h- happened. And I thought, well, if Strider's going to be there, I'm definitely taking him because I think he's going to be the number one pitcher this year. But that changes the whole strategy. My strategy is usually to go second round starting pitcher. Um, and that, and then and that's why you kind of group them in the way you do. I mean, I would you guys go Cole at the end of the first? Is that something you guys have done so far? Would you do it? 
I haven't, I'm not against doing it. Um, I haven't been in that 12, 13, 14 slot where I think it makes sense or possibly starting, you know, especially if you can get him on the second, you know, in the second round. Um, I don't have a problem with it. I don't have him. I don't have Burns. I don't have Wheeler and I don't have Gaussman. Um, I'm going first two rounds hitting and then whoever's there in the third, which is hopefully it's Casilla, hopefully it's Kirby or Lopez or Gallon. You know, I like all these guys. Um, but no, I have not find, found myself going for the top tier pitcher yet. I, I just, I don't want to miss out on those bats. I, I'm going to ask you at this or that, and we'll say that you have to take pitching at this. Are you taking Strider and the upside? We'll say eighth pick. That's where his ADP is. Or do you like the floor of Garrett Cole at 14? You have to pick one or the other. Yeah. It's Spencer Strider by a mile. I mean, he can just, Yeah. He, he's if everything goes the way it should go with his health and everything, he's going to be the number one pitcher by far. Ooh, I, I disagree. I think I'm going the full, the floor of Cole. I, think I, about it. And the way back, you're going to be able to get a top tier hitter. You could get Bryce Harper. You could get Jordan Alvarez. And yes, Spencer strikeout is or Spencer Strider is elite. Hey, no, strikeouts. Spencer strikeout works. Spencer, <laughs> hey, that, that could be, like that. That, could, that could be that could be a new nickname. That's but, a strikeout. I mean, I'm surprised yeah, that hasn't that, happened yet. It's right there. It's a stride. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know what? We're gonna patent this. We're gonna patent this. <laughs> this show is gonna be Spencer evidence. <laughs> but I don't Spencer like. Strikeout. I don't like that ERA that hovers around four. Uh, somebody that, yeah, he got a little, uh, you keep, keep talking. Sorry. I just, the strike, once again, the strikeouts are tantalizing. Uh, I do think that he can throw 200, uh, innings easily, but, uh, a 386 ERA last year, a 386 ERA, uh, you know, that's just a yeah. little 309 XCRA though. It's a 309 mm-hmm. XCRA with a 36.8 strikeout percentage. And yeah, Spencer Strider is incredible. And so let's let's look at Cole. Another year older, another tick loss on his velocity. I think he's a very smart pitcher. So I think he's going to be like a Verlander or a Scherzer where he's going to be able to tinker. He's going to be able to use pitches in a way that's smarter than most people. So I think he's going to be able to go into his 34, 35, 36, 37 season. I think he's going to be able to be pretty good like that. Um, but if I'm going to go pitcher, I want the best pitcher. I want the guy with the, the highest upside. Um, and coming back around, I don't mind a Michael Harris or, um, you know, kind of who goes around there, um, at the beginning or like, you know, mid, mid, uh, second round. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't mind that. I like, I like Cole. I have a little, I went heavy Cole last season and it really paid off. So part of me is like, don't invest again. I don't know why it, maybe it's like, is there like a name for that sort of uh, in, that, uh, in the stock market? Like where you, it, it's it's the epitome of selling high on a stock. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got a great season after buying high on Cole last season. So I'm like, well, if he's down this season, I don't you, want to swing trading Garrett Cole is what we're saying. I'm swing trading. Yeah. But I, I have no, I think, you know, last season he did start as Marty said to, to, uh, to trade, to change the way he pitches he threw more uh, breaking pitches than 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 ever last season, and um, and I think that that kind of helped his uh, some of the problems that he had from his heavier fastball approach. I think he's going to have a bit more consistent production as he ages. I I also have a bias for guys like Cole who are like just giant dudes, like six five, two fifty. He looks like he could throw the fastball forever until he's sixty five. He's still going to hit like eighty when he's like 60, you know, um, 
like those guys, I do like to look for like those just big bodies. I think they do seem to be a bit sturdier. I don't know. Cole's like the epitome of an ace to me right now. He just seems like a workhorse. And if you showed this to me from five years ago where I was the biggest Garrett Cole hater, uh, I would probably wonder if I was held hostage for all the nice things I've said. Um, looking at the top 10, I mean, are those the guys you're fading because of their ADP? You mentioned that you're not getting any of those shares, but um, – are there are there any other guys like how do you guys feel about Zach Gallon this year? Um, I have Gallon. Someone's um, I have Gallon in a couple um, leagues. I don't mind waiting. I think he he's the the pitcher that potentially falls to me if I go hitters in the first three rounds. So if I start off with Acuna or a top three bat, four bat, I'm going to probably go three rounds of hitters and then get in the fourth round get get my pitcher here. Um, and other than that, I don't have any Pablo Lopez shout out to him. Uh, I just, now you're really paying for his ceiling. I mean, that's, he's going to have to be exactly what he was last year. So I'm, I'm a little bit afraid of that, but I don't have a problem with gallon. I think that's fine. I'm kind of concerned about gallon. He threw 243 innings last year. If you include yeah. the playoffs, 184 the year before that. So he's thrown 327 innings over the last two seasons. That's a lot of mileage on your arm. A 4.03 ERA in the second half, 2.53 batting average in the second half. It was 2.26 in the first half. 24 walks in 91.2 innings. He had 23 walks in 118 innings in the first half. Like it just seemed like he was getting hit. And I wonder. I know he had an off season, but I just feel like that's a lot of mileage to factor in. I will. The only thing I'll say about that is that when we go to Jeff Zimmerman's um, health grades, which looks at just so you can have an idea of the, you know, how many times he's been on the injured list, how in the last three years, how many of those days he's been on there and everything. And Zach Allen grades out as an A. I was a little surprised at that. I thought it'd probably be B because I know he did suffer um, an arm injury early last year, but he's only had one injury stint, even dating back to um, his time in, as a Marlin. Uh, I'm a little apprehensive. I don't feel great about it. If he's my number one pitcher, I'm not, you know, that means I really waited, but he's not undraftable for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I'm, uh, I'm more concerned about Yamamoto at 10. I think that's the start of like a very shaky tier. Um, Yamamoto glass now Scooble. Then you have Nola Webb. That's the, that's the next range, anyways. But Yamamoto's the bottom of this range, and I'm, I am concerned about about him. I don't know what how many innings he's going to give us. Uh, he was so good in um, in Japan, as he barely gave up home runs, uh, barely gave up walks, struck out a bunch of people. Like, is he going to be able to bring that over here and produce the same results? And how many innings he's going to pitch in with the Dodgers, who I expect are going to be like a six-man rotation. I think they're going to try and cycle through their pitchers. So if I'm projecting him to give like 130 to 150 innings, how, how much value is that going to be at the 10th pick? And uh, I don't know. To you know, Steamer projects him to have over 180 innings, which I think is an over-projection. But uh, I don't want to. I I I'm not 100 percent sure how to project him, so I feel like taking him there at 10 is is hard for me to do, just because he could be your top pitcher and get 140 innings and he's healthy the whole season. You know, 
Art, the interesting point you bring up with that is the variance in terms of the projections of his innings pitched. It's as low as 136, which is the bat, up to as high as 192, which is zips. So there is a lot of uncertainty with Yamamoto. And to your point, he did sign a six-year contract. The uh, Dodgers are probably going to want him and Glass now healthy for a postseason run. I think the NL West, more than any other division, is just a runaway. I, I think the NL East, like the Phillies, could challenge the Braves, but I don't look at any other division having or the, any other contender in the NL West. I think it's clear that it's the Dodgers. Um, you know, even though the Diamondbacks came out of the NL, I think over the course of 162 games, it's going to be the Dodgers. Uh, but looking at the next range of guys, the 11 through 20, uh, Marty, I'm going to go to you. Who is a pitcher in this range that you're liking? Let me see here. Oh, and I don't know if I real quick, Zach Wheeler was the guy I'm out on um, mm-hmm. in the first 10, just because, I mean, the guy's talking about worried about injury. I mean, it's he's the guy that I'm the most concerned that he spent 490 days on the IL in his career. You know, he's had six, six significant injuries. Yeah. So that's a, that's just too much uh, for me to take him for, as a number one pitcher. When I was getting him in the third, fourth round the last few years, that was perfect. That's great. You know, I think that can he could anchor your team. But there's just I don't see a reason in doing that when there is a Castillo, a Kirby, a, a Lopez or a Gallon, you know, waiting for you. Um, but I, and I agree with our Yamamoto. I'm a little afraid because he, he's probably only going to pitch like every six days. And how is he going to be able to get 180 innings if he's doing that? Yeah. And I think we're all kind of coming with the point of he's a long-term investment for them. Uh, yeah. You don't just pay six years for someone and, you know, blow out their arm right away. And Marty, to your point, am I crazier? Did Zach Wheeler begin the season last year on the IL or miss his first start with some arm or shoulder? Yeah, he did. And he actually became quite the discount because those that bought in, they were actually, right. re- re- you know, rewarded. But I mean, how many more times are you going to get a, uh, Plus, he's making playoff runs, and he's so good in the playoffs, too. Yeah, I don't like someone that began the year with that, that pitched through the entire season with an injury. I know he managed well, but once again, you're not paying for what he did last year. You're paying for what you think he will do this year. Um, And, you know, once again, it's obviously just assumptive guessing on our part based on the research we've done and the biases that we have. Uh, Art. I'm going to go to you. Actually, no, I'm going to go back to Marty. Yeah. Uh, uh, Marty, a guy in this range. Did you want to talk 20. about Logan Gilbert? Uh, Logan Gilbert. I, know, I was going to look at uh, Logan Webb. Um, it's just I don't have to worry about innings with this guy. You know, he's going 200 over the last few years, so I project him for probably like around 180, 185. One of the best change-ups in the game. Great stuff, great location, great park. Obviously, the wins may not be there, you know, with the Giants, you know, not um, investing in hitting on the team. Um, but I think for where he's going, I don't have a problem with him being my ace. I, you know, I prefer if he's my number two, but if, like I said, if I go uh, hitting deep and I secure, you know, those five, those five categories in hitting, I don't mind him being my anchor. Um, as far as my, my SP one, preferably an SP two, but where he, cause he, where he's going, he could easily be that. But, um, Logan Webb, I don't think there's a safer bet. Logan Webb, a th- Three six seven expected ERA or under the last three seasons, but you look at the actual ERA three point two five and under. So yeah, uh, that, I think that bleeds into his park. Um, and the the Giants have been a really good defensive team. 
you know, mm-hmm. where like the Phillies aren't, for instance. So Aaron Nola, because he gives up so much contact, it's, it's constantly screwing up his ERA. Um, where he, you know, where if Webb, he rarely does put one over, but if he does, he can get away with a lot there. Yeah. And when you talk about, you know, the, once again, the consistency, some guys that you just feel good about because that, you know, the whole pitch, 216 innings last year, made 33 starts, 192 innings the year before, 32 starts. Uh, and he's just proven to be consistent. There's nothing, nothing flashy about him. Maybe he does get some more wins this year. The Giants did invest. Uh, with Jorge Soler and uh, Jung Lee, I believe. So, uh, you know, maybe you're getting and, them at a little bit of a discount. And the last thing I'll say, if we look at, um, I use the auction calculator on fan graphs a lot. I think it's a really good tool. Um, and if you, you run the auction using ATC projections, you know, he, he's a, he's a nine, 10th, 11th best pitcher, you know, and you can get him in that range where maybe he's, you know, the 18th, 20th off the board. And I think when you look at some of the guys above him, Efron Bravaldez was very consistent last year, but Freddie Peralta, that's that's a, a high upside pick, but that's definitely not someone who's safe. We talk about the innings with Tyler Glass now and Yamamoto and Tariq Skubal. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the consistency that you can get from Webb, you need anchors like that on your team. Elsie, is, is there a guy in this range that you really like? I can't help but bet on Grayson Rodriguez in his second season. He looked healthy uh, in his first uh, spring uh, start today. Um, So that's good. He looks like he's ready to go. I think Grayson hopefully get get about 30 starts this season, bump those innings up. I really liked how he came back after having starting off the season a little bit bumpy last year. And then he came back and was just smooth down the down the down the end of the season. Um, I think that he is a you know mature pitcher who's ready to be an MLB ace. Uh, he could take that step as soon as this season. So that is a real upside pick. But I also think that he has got a pretty good floor. He's just a good pitcher. He may have a few blowups, but I think that he's going to be solid and has ace potential. Definitely over a strikeout per inning this year. Um, and if he gets up to like 160, 170 innings, that could be, yeah, top top 10, top 20 pitcher right there. So Definitely. one thing to note, between both levels, he threw 163 innings last year. I think a lot of people will just look at the 122, but he did begin the season in AAA, got brought up, had a you know rough first stint, got sent down, continued to pitch. So, you know, there's, there's not a reason why he couldn't go 170, 180. I also like – the fact that he doesn't have the the pressure of being the ace. You know, obviously Bradish is yeah. beginning the season on IL, but he gets to be behind Corbin Burns, who I think we can all agree is maybe number three in terms of pitching outside of Cole and Strider. Yeah. So I really like Grayson Rodriguez. I don't know if I'm going to pay up for the price that I do. I understand he had a 258 ERA in the second half. That first half does scare me a little bit. Uh, but I, I think – and you can't say this about O's pitchers too often. He's probably going to get some wins this year. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They're a pretty decent team. They're decent. I love the park. And I mean, I got them in the middle of the fifth round uh, in the 15 team league, the Plazo podcast. So that's my SP two behind Logan Gilbert, who is by far, I have Logan Gilbert on every team I've drafted. And I'm not (laughs) just saying that I literally have him on every single team. Marty, it's like he goes down. I go down. 
it's like it's like we had the same things because Castillo and Gilbert were my guys. And I want to make this point because David gave me some crap for this last year in our home league because I drafted Luis Castillo, um, George Kirby, and Logan Gilbert. And he said, I can't I believe that. you went three Seattle pitchers. I, why not? Yep. They're, they're, it's not like they pitched the same day. I don't mind go when you factor in something like ballpark or opponent and you really believe in those metrics, invest in as much of, of that as possible. I don't mind yeah. that at all. Uh, now, I remember uh, a few years back, uh, Chris Towers from CBS, he he joked, but at the same time, at that point, maybe three, four years ago, you could have drafted the entire Dodgers starting, you know, starting five and had one of the best ERAs in a, in a 12-team league. So it's not impossible. There's not, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. It's like when you draft a lot of skill players on the same offense for fantasy football. It's like maybe if you're on the Chiefs, you get Mahomes, Kelsey, and then when they had Tyreek Hill, and it's like maybe they all don't score. But if the Chiefs score 40-something points, you're likely going to be winning that matchup. So just something to think about. We got Joe T in the chat. Joe, I wonder if you're in any leagues. Uh, What are your thoughts on waiting for pitching and finding your mid-round good bets with the known volatility of even top-flight starters? That's a good question. Um, Like like I said, I've I've done a lot of drafts where I'm going heavy offense, and I actually don't mind, you know, what most people's SPs twos being my SP ones and kind of building it from there. Um, and I think there's a, if you go a Logan Gilbert, I'll wait five rounds and get a hundred green to kind of offset those strikeouts. You know, maybe, maybe kind of maybe potentially mess up your ERA. We'll see where, with Hunter green, but I think there's, there's a lot of people in that Bobby Miller, Blake Snell, Yuri Perez, Jesus Lazardo, Zach Eflin, you know, Joe Ryan and now Cole Reagans, who has shot up the boards because of what he's doing um, in spring training. Um, rest in peace, Joe Musgrove and my shares of him. He looks awful. But yeah, to his point, I think you can wait. I, I don't have any problem, as I've said, waiting on SP this year a little bit. Art, do you think and I, I want you to piggyback this point as well, that there are more pitching pickups, a.k.a. prospect call ups during the season for pitching than there is for hitting? I think that well, there definitely were last year. Um, this year, I don't think there are projected to be as many because, I, from what I understand, there had been a bottleneck in the systems, and 2020 slowed down development, and so all of these MLB ready pitchers were just ready to explode onto the scene last year. And there's not the the there's not the collection this year that there was last year. So we should not expect there to be as many call-ups which are impactful this season as we did last year so i do think um your draft you want to be strong up front and and try to get some stability in your rotation when you're drafting i i usually like to have my one of my first two picks be a pitcher um because i like to make sure i have you know an anchor of the staff i think gilbert isn't a staff anchor though and that's why i think he's like he's being under undervalued right now because he's like a it's like a low-end staff anchor for sure and that's so i i think you want I, but like i he went in like 55 in my darf draft and i was like i was gonna take him at like 57 i'm like which was like way under his adp it's like okay so other people are starting to catch up to that idea now so i will i go early often just so i don't get stuck getting sniped on logan gilbert in the fourth round you know yeah I think it's important in these drafts, you have to get your guy. 
you have to get your guy because and you know not to shout anyone out but i guess i'm going to shout someone out somebody took francisco alvarez in the fourth round of my tgfbi draft and we're saying wow that's unbelievable but if alvarez has a good season I mean, we're not going to scoff at that. There's just no reason to take. It's still, it's still just no reason to do it. You can just wait three rounds. Like I understand getting your guy, but that's just, um, there's a study, there's a study done that like of the first, like 100 picks, there's not much variance. Everyone will be drafted within a round. And so, you know, pretty much exactly where Francisco Alvarez is going to go at that point, you know, in those first five, you know, those first 10 rounds or whatever. So he could have, Easily waited, but at yeah. this point, he's it's still the only uh, league that has drafted him. So, that's incredible. That's really skewed I, his ADP. I wanted to hear David's um, opinion on that because he was his favorite in the range. Oh my um, gosh, I thought about that thing. as soon as he got drafted. <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing I thought of too. Marty Tariq Skubal, mm-hmm. ADP of fifty-two. I am out on that. At that price, I don't think I will have any Tariq Skubal shares. Um, I want to hear your thoughts on him before I like politely bash him. Okay. Um, when we, I, I, I forgot what I did some podcast, but uh, uh, Kate, Bubba, Bench with Bubba, I talked about Tariq. And at that point, I was completely out on his ADP. And I still don't currently have him rostered on a team. Okay. But I'm finding myself, especially. I mean, he's clicking. He's he's ticking on 100 right now in spring training. Like all the peripherals look great. His strikeout minus walk percentage is excellent. Um, expected ERA looks great. He's in a great park for for pitching, and everything is lining up to where I at this point I don't have a problem with where he's going. As before, I was completely. I just couldn't believe it. Um, but the more I'm seeing him, I, I probably won't have any shares of him because I would love to see one full year of him actually doing it. But I can see why people people are doing that. I think people see him as a potential top 10 starter um, based on everything he accomplished you know, in the second half of last year. So an ADP of 52 is middle back end of the fourth round. That to me is just too high. And like, I don't want to take off what he did last year because that was really great. But um, looking at this year, I don't know, just a 0.45 home run for nine. Uh, I don't see that being sustainable. A 2.28 ERA, uh, 80.1 innings pitched. Like, to me, this is eerily similar of Jack Flaherty's really great end of 2019 that's where, he, where he yeah. had like a 0.98 ERA uh, for the second half of the season. Um, you know, once again, close to 100, 100 innings. That was a really good hot stretch, but I just need to see that go more. I, I can't take it that early. I know that upside we saw, but if it was I, lower, I would. I I kind of feel like this whole range of the draft is like a, a big danger zone. And it always is like starting in the forties until like 60 where like you're out of the sure thing, top end guys. And you now want to, um, you now want to like get guys that you feel like have good upside. So you like, you'll t- you this is where a lot of busts come in over the last few seasons when Blake Snell busted at, the last few a few years ago, 
he was being taken at like 45 when Kenta Maeda busted he was being taken at 50 you know um it it, it feels like there's about 40 pretty good bets on like top end production every season and then right about here all this all these like sort of upside bets come in and so we have Yamamoto we have Glass now we have Scooble and then you get some like people like whoa 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 let's put on the brakes let's 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 take Nola who might actually be sure to give us innings you know or or Webb who might give us innings you got Peralta in this range I think so I think for me this is a danger zone range where you could find that you really just blew a fourth round pick on someone who who, who got injured early or or wasn't you know was a, flat, a bit of a flash in the pan last year i think it happens a lot right here so i'm often very wary um in this range to take more of the sure thing bets and i don't know if that rant makes any sense to anybody else but that's the way i feel no, about it it did and when look when i think of Trey scoobal you know he's coming off a surgery you know and he showed his best you know fastball velocity that we've ever seen his stuff, you know, looked pretty good. Location, excellent. So everything kind of fell in place. But to your point, if there's only a small amount of time where this is going on, and you're going to have to invest, you know, in the, I mean, what are we? T- I mean, we're literally talking about, you know, a top twenty starter, right? I mean, that's a big deal. You know, I, I don't want to have to think, oh, well, he only did this well for a few months. So I, yeah, I completely, um, I completely agree with that, Marty. We're gonna throw in uh, a nickname for the guy. Remember how big on Brian Wu you were last year? Yeah, still am. I'm hoping um, as a, is he a fifth starter there at this point? I mean, his strikeout percentage looked good. I love, obviously I love the park and everything like that. Dude, I might just have a whole, if I can get a whole Mariner staff going, I might just try that. Like hop in a, a, an OC or something. Just I feel like that's something we should do for an underdog uh, best ball draft. <laughs> just get just all of our pitchers be Seattle Mariners pitchers. Yeah, I, I don't have a um I don't have a problem with that. But yeah, no, I'm you know, I'm huge on Wu. Um I, I just want to see what you know what they're kinda kinda gonna do with him. I don't have I don't have any shares of him because he's going pretty early. It's the cat's out of the bag with that for sure. People know. So I wanna focus on Blake Snell. I'd say the person that's going the highest that doesn't have a team, uh, Cody Bellinger obviously re-signing with the Cubs, so I think that obviously provides more clarity. But Blake Snell, obviously the NL Cy Young, but teams aren't willing to pay that price. And, I mean, when you look at Blake Snell's stats last year, it could be a little bit misleading. I mean, at the same time that he was really impressive with a 2.25 ERA, hit a 1.9 whip. And it seemed like the Cy Young for the longest time was Strider and uh, Zach Gallons to lose. And then Blake Snell just kind of kept chipping away. Uh, 234 strikeouts. That will play 14 wins and nine losses. Uh, but I think so much is going to depend on team context where he lands, uh, you know, obviously in terms of getting wins. But um, I mean, that it's you're spending a, a fifth round pick on this guy. So we don't know where he's going to go. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, so with Blake Snell, he, he's an interesting pitcher because we don't really see a starting pitcher pitch like he's a relief pitcher, where he's going for the strikeout. He doesn't mind walking people as he has a 13.3 walk percentage, which is in the fourth percentile. So he's that's why his whip is so high. But he purposely pitches that way. 
Um, and, and so it's, it's unlike anything that I can ever recall, you know, where, where he has this, this type of approach. So the stuff's great. It's always question, is he going to go six innings? You know, is he going to get five, six innings? And as he gets more mature and older in his career, when he's barely doing it now, he's going to, at some point, he's going to have to change the way he pitches. He's going to have to, because he can't be 33, 34, 35, getting into 90. Because if you look at it, it's not, his innings pitched are low, but his, how many pitches he threw is just as high as most starters. The problem is he's wasting so many pitches. So there's going to, if in die, I know we're not like really a dynasty show, but if you are sell, sell, sell when he, when it goes bad, it's going to go bad for him. When his stuff goes, everything else goes. Now, what does this mean for next year? I think where he's going, I think he's a fine SP two. Um, I don't have him anywhere currently. Um, and I probably won't cause I just, I'm just out on that profile because of how much it destroys your whip, even though he was a top 10 pitcher last year but um yeah i'm I, I, long term it's not good for this year it's too he's he's going too early for me i just it's not even he's too early just i just don't want him. are either of you worried that like guys that hold out have a tough time like he's he's not started camp with the regular pitchers and catchers like and, and he's going to a new place it's going to be a big contract. Like all these factors are weighing in. I I feel like it's just bad juju to start off as well. Like I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. You know. I I, I mean, and and uh, you know the inconsistency as well. Like he's 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 a volatile pitcher year to year, where he goes up in innings and goes down in innings. So it's like, are you going to get 128 innings of Blake Snell? Or are you going to get 170 innings? He's only done over 128 twice, and he won the Cy Young Award both of those times. So it's like, there's there's your high end, but like, I don't think that's going. I don't think you're going to get 180 innings. And with the late start, that really worries me. Like, a lot of a lot of people have trouble getting into it after a late start. And and I don't usually make the football references, but I'm going to do it. It's like a running back holding out. Yeah, there you go, Marty. That's a good one. He gets back in, he gets injured because he wasn't ready. And I mean, that's oh gosh, the the ramp up for him. I know he's you know he's he's thirty one, so he knows his body, he knows what he's going to do. But there is going to have to be a ramp up for him the longer we go into this. So uh, maybe you won't have one hundred percent of Snell in the first for the first month. I don't know what he's doing on the outside, but it's maybe he is pitching simulation games. Maybe he's gaming. Isn't he a big gamer? Yeah, I, I think he is. I've only seen uh, Yankees rumors. It's the only rumors I've seen. Yeah, and I completely agree with the Robbie Ray. I think um, who, who whose comment was that? The the Snells are basically Robbie Ray. Yeah, Joe, Joe T. I I agree with that. Um, which it, it can be good. I mean, that means he's going to strike out thirty three percent of people. So there is a there's room for him somewhere. Uh, just have to really be really worried about your build because the ERA and WHIP. It's interesting to note he has only gone um, 180 innings twice. He's hit that on the nose both times, and both those times he's won the Cy Young. So if he goes 180, he's winning the Cy Young. Uh, but if not, he is probably not worth that value as his highest besides that is 129. So when baseball historians look back on Blake Snell, it's going to be a very fun you know profile to look at because it's unlike anything we've ever seen. I agree. And uh, Forrest, appreciate the kind words. 
Uh, we're hopefully we're going to run it back for for multiple seasons. And just going back to uh, down on the farm, want to acknowledge Vinny. He said, hopefully yeah. uh, Brian Wu is not this year's Hunter Brown. So hopefully not. Yeah. I'm I'm, in, I'm back in on Hunter Brown though for where he's going. Just for the record, Vin. I am kind of in on Hunter Brown too, even though I don't want to be. All right, but <laughs> going going to the next range. I mean, we're not going to talk about as many people that we dislike because I think you'll just ignore him at this point. Uh, but looking at the 31 to 50 range of starting pitchers, and you know, this is kind of where some people build on upside. Some people build on a little bit more durability. Elsie, uh, I'm going to go to you. Uh, who are some guys you like in this range? We're doing 21 to 30 right now, right? 21 to 30. I thought that was uh, the Logan Gilbert Tariq Scooball range, but I remember yeah. now you corrected me. 11. It's we're at we're at 21 to 30 now, and so I'm going to start. I'm going to start with with Zach Eflin, and he's just he just looks so so good where he's going. He provides you good innings, good strikeouts, and a good ballpark. And he just looked really solid in that in that role last season with Tampa, and I think that's going to continue what he did. He's going at a nice price right now. What is he about? Pick ninety. Pick ninety. Am I? Where is he? Zach Eflin, pick yeah. eighty six over the last two weeks. Eighty six. So you can. So in a fifteen team league, he's around. Um, what is that? The sixth round. So you can you can be your second pitcher, and I think he's a great second pitcher, especially if you went like a second round ace or a third round ace. Uh, Eflin is a really good second pitcher who projects to you know keep his ERA low with that excellent team he's on, and has good good strikeout numbers. He struck out 170, 177 last year, 186 last year, 186 last year, yeah. Um, so I, you know, you could project him. I, that's what I meant. You could probably project him for at least 170 this year. I, I really like where he's going. I think he's going to, he's a solid all around pitcher at that range. And I think he's going to, he's going to be consistent again. Do you worry about the innings with him? So he threw 177 last year, which was a career high before mm-hmm. that. The highest was 163, but besides that over 102, other seasons. Uh, when we look at 2022, he had 75, 59 in the shortened 2020 season, 64 in 2017. So he's kind of fluctuated. Yeah. And and I'm not going to say it, but raised pitchers don't seem to have good luck with health. That That's a pretty good point. I mean, all of the raised, like three or four of them went down last year um, after good seasons. Springs and Rasmussen, uh, McClanahan went down. Um, so yeah, Shane Boz still isn't back to where we thought he would be. Yeah. He's going to be starting the season a little slow. I think extended spring training for him. I just heard. And so, yeah, I do think that, uh, that, that potential is, is there. I, I do have a little bit of a worry in the, it, I, you know, you just write it down as like check in your head. Okay. Rays have had some injury troubles this year. Maybe they do something that causes their pitchers to get injured. I don't, think one season because I don't have that memory of um of previous seasons of them being like pitcher injurers. So I, I I put that on like a an anomaly, but if it continues, I'm definitely gonna start to think of the Rays differently. But I definitely yeah, go ahead. Year before that, Tyler Glass now Tommy John surgery. Now we could chalk that up to 
them saying you can't use any substance on your hand, cold turkey in the middle of the season. Uh, but it is just interesting to note it's and whether there's a, a pattern or not, or something that link that's linked to that. But Jeffrey Springs was on Cy Young pace. Um, but yeah, I, I, Zach Eflin was one of the best values last year. When you look at his ADP and what you got for him started 31 games, went 16 and eight, 177 innings. He definitely was somebody that I think you could count on more uh, than previous years. Marty, looking at this range, who's the guy that you like? Um, and Art, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Is Logan Gilbert in this range? I got him at 20. You got him. Okay, so he's just outside of it. So let yeah. me take a look here. Um, Bobby, I can go with Bobby Miller as well. Um, I like what I saw from the rookie just last year coming in, you know, middle of the year. Obviously, we know that the it's a good park top uh top 10 and you know strikeout factor and just overall ballpark factor really good um and then with the the wins are going to be there and just and we talked about the rays you know kind of what i think the rays do is that they get the most out of their players and i when that they get them throwing the best stuff that they possibly can and there's something about that doing that repeating that so many times that leads to injury i think that's what that is where the dodgers on the flip side have have figured it out they understand how to build in rest days, whether they're legal or not, who knows, but they, they know how to be able to curate pitching from the beginning, you know, through outside of Walker Bueller, but two Tommy Johns and what are you going to do? Um, so, yeah, I, I like Miller. I I think you expect him for a low, uh, you know, 340, 330, somewhere around there, ERA, a, a decent whip that's not going to hurt you, and the potential for wins because the lower you get down, it's harder and harder to get wins. We sat through – the um the uh what the rob silver did at first pitch arizona a few years ago how we talked about it's so hard to get wins from and there's only a few teams that allow you to do that dodgers is one of them guys i have a question and it just came to mind and this might be one of the best things i've ever said on this show f you guys know the game f mary kill mm-hmm. we're gonna do it with the three millers from last season that got called up bobby miller bryce miller mason miller f mary kill Oh. I will. I'll marry Bobby. I will f Bryce and whoever the last one is. He's Mason gonna, Miller. Mason's got to go. I'm killing him. Yeah, that's where I'm. That's where I'm going, Bob. I you like know, Bryce. Bryce has the long flowing hair. You know. Yeah. <laughs> He's a good SP four. I'm getting. I like to I pair like him, him with Shane Bieber at the back end of drafts. I'm back in on Bieber. Just so they're you know, going so. the same spot around the same yeah. spot. Yeah. I. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Like. Uh, Yuri Perez is another guy who came up last year. He's going in this range. A lot of days. The projections don't think he's going to get innings. And if he doesn't beat his projections for innings, he's not going to be worth this, this draft price. What do you guys, where are you guys on Yuri? I, I want, yeah, I, I'm going to bring, I want to say it's because we don't know about his command. I mean, it's some of the worst command in baseball. Um, at some point, I mean, he, the, the strikeouts are going to be there, but the rest of it's really tough. So I, I can see why they don't know what they want to do with his, um, with his innings there. Uh, I don't have any of him. I, so yeah, he walks what 8.8%. So it's not as bad as I thought, but yeah, 3.61 XERA. The strikeout percentage is 28.9. Good ballpark. He's only 20 years old though. It's, um, there's just a lot of risk in that profile. I don't think it's I don't think it's worth where he's going. 
I'm I'm nervous about the innings, and it's one thing can when you say, oh, okay, somebody's young. He's 21 years old, so he pitched 78 innings 2021, 77 innings 2022, 127 in 2023. But the thing that's alarming is when he was hitting his groove with the Marlins, and then they started to skip his his turn in the rotation or do six man, and then they demoted him. That to me was very scary because if a pitcher is performing well, that should be the last thing that you do. And I feel like for the Marlins, I mean, they haven't handled pitching well in the past. They got rid of Zach Allen. Uh, you know, they've had their issues with Sixto Sanchez. I mean, <laughs> Vinny said earlier the Rays are turning into the Marlins when it comes to pitching development, but the Marlins have been shaky over the last couple of years. And I know historically they've been really good, but I just think the managing of pitching has been a little off. And they have great pitching coach, by the way. Do, do, does it remind you of Steven Strasburg the way they – do you think it was like Strasburgian to lower his innings to send him down, or do you think it was something – are you worried that there was something about his pitching that they, they wanted him to work on? My thing is – and and I got to give credit to you know Mel Stoudemire because I think he's a great pitching coach. I know that Craig Mish, when we've had him on the fantasy baseball beat, has talked him up a lot. I think it's wanting to play pitchers more innings when you think you can contend. Like if the Marlins know that they're not going to be serious contenders, why are you going to push him 150, 160 innings? They may think in four to five years – they have a little bit more of a clear window if they want to be contenders. That's the thing about baseball. No salary cap. You don't have to be. But it's like, why would you hurt an asset even if you want to trade him if you don't think that you're going to be competitive? That's just my thought. Right. So they're going to limit his innings because of that. Yeah. Yeah. It, the only thing, and also he leaves a lot of balls over the plate. And I know that's being young, and I think that's just you know part of the growing pains. And the reason actually why I brought up his age is that there's studies done that in the age between 20 to 25, it's extremely volatile. Uh, you'll see pitching um, ERA and WHIP over over the years. Once you get like in the 26, 27, 28, that's the best time to target pitchers. That's where there's there there's the least um, amount of uh, deviation. Um, so that that's why I say that there's just and that's why there's a lot of upside with the guy he throws, you know, as hard as he does with his slider. Um, he does a lot of great stuff, but it's, it, there's a lot of reasons why I don't, I don't know. I think it's too, um, I'd rather have Eflin. I'd rather have Lazardo. Yeah. You know, I, I would wait on Joe Ryan. I would wait for Cole Reagan's like, I know I, doc, you were talking about Musgrove. Like, are you off of Musgrove after his first start? I mean, I was off, but, and keep in mind, fantasy baseball is a year-to-year year thing. Fantasy baseball is a year-to-year year thing. I was super high on Musgrove the last couple of years. I don't like when a pitcher ends the season with a shoulder injury. It gives me Kyle Wright vibes of last year, especially when they do, especially when they don't have surgery and they just think that rest and rehab will get them through an offseason. Um, that's just me personally. But I think a good point you guys bring up about Yuri Perez, that's a best ball guy. That's a best ball. So yeah. if you're doing those underdog drafts and you just be happy to use a promo code triple, just saying, just saying, 
Uh, you'll probably get Yuri Perez in some of those formats. So uh, I'll I'll admit Joe Musgrove love was me. I have him. If Logan Gilbert, I have on on every team. I have Joe Musgrove on almost every team except moving forward. Um, and it's not just be it. I I've, his velocity is down, and I know that's okay because it's early in spring training. These now that we have this technology, everyone's all over it. Like I, you know, f- mm. ten years ago, no one's paying attention to this. No one even cares. It'd just be funny. Um, but now as I'm saying that and I see him on my draft board, I'm not drafting him at this point. So, um, if he's good, I, I have him on a bunch of teams and I'll claim that I'm right. And if he stinks, I'll say, at least I had, you know, I changed my ways. I, 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 I'm more, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about him cause I'm coming up here. I think I just, I'm on the clock right now, but I also look and there's like three guys, Lazardo, Ryan and Reagan's who could get like 200 K's. Do you guys have a favorite out of those three? Say them oh, again. Yeah. Lazardo, Joe Ryan, and Cole Reagans going. I have them at 24, 25, 26. And I think that they're all 200K guys. I like them in the order you said them Lazardo, Joe Ryan, uh, Cole Reagans. I'm looking at my ranks here. I want to make sure I, I get this I, I'm right. going to be the one uh, that Cole doesn't Reagans. get Reagans. Cole Reagans for me. Yeah. 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 Just because, I mean, there's just so up, so much upside there and not that Joe Ryan's gotten lucky, but all the peripherals, you know, the expected ERA and looking at his actual stuff, it's not as, it's not what we're seeing from, from Reagan's man. What we're seeing from Reagan's could be top 20, top 10 pitcher. I know that's kind of crazy, but if you watch it game, the game right now, what he's doing, there's no way you can't, you know, it's right in front of you. It's a, it's a pretty incredible um, so I guess I'm just riding the Reagan's train, even though I don't have him anywhere. But and uh, yeah, he's going to be going before the 102 mark moving forward. Oh, he went. That. He went and pick uh, 83. Nick Pollock took pick 83 in my uh, TGFBI draft. I mean, Nick knows a little bit about pitching too. Yeah, I think. yeah. It, to me, I I'm, I'm curious if he's going to. I mean, the projections Zips has him as low as 111. And the most is Steamer has him at 177. You know, we talked about this wow, earlier with, that's y- a with huge Yama- difference. We talked about this with Yamamoto. There's a huge variance. Mm-hmm. And I think you can say at this point, Lazardo is a little bit more of a safer play. Like, yes, there is going to be volatility yeah. with him, but you know, even when he gets bombed, they let him pitch three, four innings at least. He does not go in eight, nine, but anywhere from that four to seven he will go game in, game out. They're not afraid to have him throw a hundred inning or a hundred pitches each outing. But so let's say you're drafting three teams. Actually, I'm going to do Marty's exercise. One team. Are you drafting Cole Reagans? If I only get one shot at it and Lazardo and Reagans are both there. I'd probably go Lazardo just to be very conservative. I go Reagan's. Lazardo's frustrating. You're not wrong. He really is. I had him last year in a bunch of spots, and it's he's one of those guys. When you look back at the end of the year, he did better than you thought. You should have. You, you, you just. I overmanaged him. If I'd have just kept him in, I'd have gotten decent results. But he he'd get blown up against poor teams, and then pitch really well against really good teams, and you're like. And I didn't have him in for those games. And it's that's like, the epitome of fantasy baseball. You just ride someone through the thick and thin with those type of guys. But I yeah. think Vinny brings up a good point. It depends on your other starters. Can you afford someone that is a little bit more volatile or you take a chance on someone that like Cole Reagan's 
that might not give you the most innings, but once again could be a best ball guy or when he does pitch is very valuable? Or do you need that stability? And Kevin, I know, right? No David, slacker. Slacker. That's a good photo of him. Yeah, yeah. Good good photo, Kev. Hope you're doing well. Um, How do you guys feel about Dylan Cease this year? So Dylan Cease, Jekyll and Hyde pitcher, uh, a former one of David's guys, but a 458 ERA last year, a 142 whip, but 214 strikeouts. And Marty, I don't know if you know his uh, pitching grade right now in terms of health. It's an but a guy that, but a guy that's been fairly durable. So he's going to yeah. give you the innings. He isn't going to give you wins. You figure <laughs> the ERA and WHIP gets better next year. He's going to give you the strikeouts. I mean, what are your thoughts? Are you guys taking him? I think Vinny definitely. This is one of those guys. It depends on your build. Um, you know, if, if you focus on low ERA guys and you need some strikeouts, he's going to be yeah. durable. He's going to be there. And I, I don't mind having him. I'm hoping I might actually have him on my TGFBI team, depending how this shakes out. Um, so I, I, I'm in on him. It's, he's just going to up your ERA. That's, that's just what's going to happen. So you got to build that into it. He's, I think he's a good, I, I don't think he's going to be as poor as he was last year. I think he's going to be a, a better have better ratios, better ERA and WHIP than he did. But I I really like him as strikeouts, like guaranteed strikeouts. And he might hurt you. I mean, you could also just say wait two hundred picks and get Lance Lynn. But I I think Cease is going to bounce back a little bit um, from last season and and do a little bit better. I like him like. Like Marty's guy, if you got Kirby, who's going to get like 170, or if you waited and your top pitcher is like Max Freed, who gets like 165, 170. Maybe Grayson Rodriguez. Yeah, maybe Grayson. Like if you want to be up there, Cease is a nice person to sort of pad your strikeouts, get you back into the game of like with the rest of the top guys in the league. I think Cease could be that guy that we look at next year and and we say that this is the cheapest he'll ever be. Like, I think the discount on him expected ERA last year, 4.07. So that's half a run lower. Uh, the ERA the year before, 2.20. Last year, a 3.30 BABIP. That was the highest of his career. I mean, we've talked about that he can he can be durable and, uh, you know, 165 innings the last three seasons. But I also look at the chance that he gets traded. I think if he gets traded, we're talking about a top 10, top 15 pitcher that – you're getting in the 20 to 30 range. I think if the White Sox decide to be sellers, Cease has that value and some team may pay for it. They had a high asking price all off season. I guess that's the only reason he wasn't traded yet, but But he's not signed to an extension and it's different when it's middle of the season. And, you know, let's say, uh, a team that's contending, and I don't want to even throw out names. Let's just say a contending team loses a starting pitcher to a serious arm injury. He's probably the best arm on the market now that Corbin Burns is gone. And to your point of a high Babbitt, the um, the White Sox had the sixth most errors in baseball. They so, suck at defense. Yeah. I mean, look, Dylan Cease – I think the the talent is there. Uh, the, the strikeouts are undeniable. Uh, at least two hundred ten over the last three seasons. So uh, him being healthy, uh, he's going to give you that. I think it, 
you're only going to get upside with him at that point. I don't think he can hurt you where his ADP is, but who knows? He had some awful stretches last month uh, that you just couldn't play him and he was killing your ratios. Guys, to round out the show, give me a pitcher in that 31 to 50 range that you're trying to get as many shares of. Did I mess up the range again? Are we doing Dylan Cease, future Dodger? No. <laughs> that, would nah. be, that would be incredible. I would like that. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind to do. I have Hunter Green in, in a lot of places, and it could be an absolute disaster or it could be absolutely incredible. His stuff is a 119. I mean, it's just, it's, he's filthy. The location good is good. I think he's good for 160 innings, probably around there. And I mean, just, I know he's a two pitch pitcher and he's, I think he's, um, was that the curveball he's working on? And he's saying he's seeing good results with it. I'll see how that shakes out in spring training. I don't know if I I believe it till I see it, but I have him in so many places. He's using my third SP, um, preferably fourth. If I, you know, if I, if I did things right. Uh, but yeah, I, I think there's a lot of upside there. And I, but I also know there's a potential that he could talk about killing your ratios like Dylan sees. He could Dylan sees it up for sure. Marty, I want to get to your point in a sec, Vinny. Your, your track record is good with trades. You call Jack Flaherty the Orioles. So I'm going to give you credit on that. Marty, you and I picked the same love pitchers. If Castillo, Logan Gilbert, Hunter Green were the same person, uh, <laughs> He pitched 22 games last year. Five of them, he had at least double-digit strikeouts. And I look at, this was his ceiling game against the Twins. Seven innings, three hits, one earned, one walk, 14 Ks. Ooh. There are very few pitchers that can give you a ceiling like that. Now, I know, albeit one game, you can say Armando Galarraga had a good game. Philip Umber had a good game. So I know the the straw man argument in there, but yeah, it's expected ERA. His stuff is just incredible. Four runs yeah. lower. And he added a split finger. So he's because he doesn't use his changeup too often. So I think he's trying to have a secondary and third pitch. The ballpark is going to hurt him. You do worry yeah. about that. But he looked good in, in his first spring training, adding 1.2 innings, a hit, two walk, four Ks. Where are the five outs being strikeouts? I want to ask you guys this because I asked the Glarf group chat. Um, and it was pretty, I would say it's pretty one sided. But at this point, Hunter Green or Carlos Rodon? They're going right oh, next Hunter to Green. each other. Hunter Green all day. Hunter, Hunter Green, LC. I'd go Green over Rodon. Um, okay. That's what but, I picked to most of the group. A shout out to Matty Wood. Matty Wood said Green, but everyone else pretty much said I was wrong. So <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you who I would take over Hunter Green. I would wait for Mitch Keller. Ooh, and take, take and take him. Two hundred ten strikeouts last year. Just signed an extension in Pittsburgh. Going to be settling in there. I think there's a chance that he imp- improves on his four point two one ERA from last season, and he gives you like one point two five WHIP, but with a lot of Ks. And uh, he threw a lot of innings last year. I think there's he threw under ninety four innings. You know, he he was a guy we've been waiting for for a while. And he came through last season. The park is a really nice place to pitch. He gets over a strikeout per inning, and he had a solid 194 innings last year. You're not, I mean, I, I get you on Hunter Green. I think Keller's going to have more Ks than him this year. I really do. I think, I mean, I think he could pass 200 again this year. He's a mini cease. He's like a late cease. 
probably with a better uh, better whip than Cease. You know, I think I think oh, yeah. Keller Keller's a nice a nice position here. Uh, the trust isn't on him yet because, of course, Pittsburgh is not good and and uh, his ERA and WHIP were not like amazing, but the K's are awesome. And he and he's got inning. He threw 159 in 2022, 194 last year. So I think we can project him to get close at, at or close to 200 Ks. Another another big K grab right there. Art, are you scared about the Jekyll and Hyde we saw of Mitch Keller? So the first half, 117 innings, a 3.31 ERA, 220 opponents batting average. But second half in 77 innings, a 5.59 ERA a 288 opponents batting average. I mean, that's night and day difference. I'm yeah, it was his first time getting that many innings, so he definitely faded his second half, his July, August and September October ERAs were all over four. Um I think, you know, given uh that it was his first time pitching that many innings, it's a chance that his arm wasn't ready for it and he of course faded with the workload. So maybe his innings are cut back. Maybe that would be the way he's best utilized. Or maybe this year, now that he's used to throwing as many innings, he's able to handle it for more of the season. But um, the Ks were there the whole season. Um, and I think that's what, uh, that's that's re- reassuring. Um, yeah, yeah. I You know, his walk rate did, didn't seem to go up that much at the end, which was which is nice to see. Nice to see, but um, definitely the results were not nearly as good as the first half. But uh, and I guess that is one reason why you would um, you would you would worry about him. However, second halves are not necessarily indicative. It is just a sample size. It is a sample size. It is our, it is our most recent sample of his, so it has the biggest impact on how we look at it but um it is just a sample it is a sample and i look at maybe the overall uh larger sample size is that the first half of 2023 was really good for mitch keller and we've seen more flashes of inconsistency i think he's the type of guy that if you if you have in a redraft or a home league that he's a sell high uh you know maybe for someone that uh doesn't follow as closely or somebody uh, that you know needs pitching, and you sell him at his peak because I think he's somewhere in the middle, like a high three, low four ERA. I think he does give you the strikeouts, but uh, he won't get you the wins. I don't think he gets thirteen like he did last year. Yeah, that'd be hard to 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 reproduce. Uh, um, although you know, big rowdy hitting home runs for Pittsburgh, they might they might do some damage. Who knows? Who knows? And I will say. Not that you use this as a barometer, but according to DraftKings, Hunter Green strikeout prop 189 and a half for the season. Mitch Keller 172. So they are projecting. Oh, they are the projecting over. Hunter Green. Take on Mitch the Keller over on Mitch. No, yeah, I don't take overs on players. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm I'm unders just for the sake that an injury can make that bad hit, but. We don't want to talk about injuries. Uh, that's that's not why we do this. Uh, we, we like our guys staying healthy. But, fellas, I think we covered a lot, a lot of pitching this episode. Some good, some bad. Uh, and, you know, for some people that are drafting their TGFBI league, we're talking about guys that are probably going to be on the board in the next couple rounds. So, you know, next week 
our drafts will hopefully be over. And I say hopefully because David could be here and he could still be drafting. <laughs> but before we get off for the evening, anything else you guys want to plug? No, I don't, I don't have anything. Um, y'all have good good drafts. Yeah, yeah thanks uh, thanks for listening. Um, yeah, we're excited to continue to do the show. And I just, this is the best time of year. It's just, for me, it's my most favorite thing. I have two drafts going on while I'm working. It doesn't get Woo! better. Yeah, we're, we're drafted. We're multitasking. We're trying to do a pod. Brian, I appreciate that. You know, who knows if DraftKings... Uh, has any insight, but I feel like you can't go wrong against the odds makers where people are betting thousands and thousands of dollars on. And uh, the only thing I'll plug is if you're doing your drafts, I don't think too much has changed since we started doing our position preview. So feel free to go back on the YouTube channel. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have time codes in the previous videos. Feel free to look back at the podcast. We've had some moves here and there, but uh, you know, for a lot of people that are doing home leagues, this is when the research starts as we're getting ready to go into March. We're having a little bit more clarity. So we're here to help you out. Uh, you, can, you can always tweet at Marty at Marty underscore Tallman, Art at Art TPF, David Steemendio too, and I'm at Triple A Fantasy. Uh, we're always happy to help you out and try to win your leagues. Uh, David will hopefully be back next week. We'll be talking SP part two, and it will be officially in baseball season month. But for the three of us, Andy Mendy, we're going to make like a bread truck and haul these buns. Catch you guys next week.